We're never gonna get that right. No, well, that's part of our charm. Hello, and welcome to <laughs> We Like Stuff, stuff and, and So Should you. you, a show where we talk about the, the, the real things, the hard things, the, ter- the terrific things, the things and stuff that we like. One day it will be funny, but it's not today. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Melissa. I'm Brendy, and we're here to talk to you about stuff. Uh, what uh, do you have? Any little likes that you might be liking? Yeah, I do. <laughs> this is the girl that woke up like 20 minutes ago. Um, my little like is when someone makes you breakfast. Because Brenda made me breakfast today, and I like that a lot. Um, especially when it's like a surprise, and you get woken up, and it's like, breakfast is ready. Yeah, that's the best. It's, like, it's yes. When you wake up and you, you have to wait around for breakfast, that's one thing. But when you wake up and it's already ready, then like, you've cheated the day. Yeah. Uh, I think I like it's it's a combination I don't like being incredibly thirsty and and like dry throat and like dehydrated but drinking water is just the the best and it goes in tandem with that because water just hits different when you're so thirsty yeah it does yeah. Um, I don't remember who's going... Huh? <laughs> As Brendan says that, he grabs my glass of water that I carefully... My water somewhere else. I don't know where it went. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I don't remember who goes first. You do. I do? Yeah. Are you sure? I actually am. Because yeah. uh, last week I was really prepared, and so it just worked out that I went first. You're not prepared, though. And I'm I am first. prepared. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, so for my first thing that I super duper like, it's uh, sleeping. Taking naps specifically. Did I do this before? I think you did. Oh no. I'll go on to my second thing and I'll figure out another thing. <laughs> I was thinking about this. I was absolutely thinking about this. And I was like, we do, yeah. And there, it's been, this is. I think this is the 32nd episode. When we hit 50, I was going to do something. We should probably do something special. Yeah. But I was like, it can't be that much. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad you caught me. I'm pretty sure. But again, I just have these feelings that like everything that I want to talk about that I've, ta- I've talked about it before. Like, you keep having these weird feelings of deja vu, even though yeah. I don't remember if I talked about it or not. <laughs> so, well, let's yeah, play it I'm safe. I'm pretty sure that you've talked about that. Let's play it safe. I'll, I'll go through our catalog and figure out. Uh, Brennan really likes sleeping. It's really great. Well, yeah. Maybe we'll talk about it later. Who knows? So there was a time way back when, when years ago, almost half a decade ago, where we were at Trent Radio recording, and we talked about Magic the Gathering. Yes. And then we were like, we're going to talk about the story of Magic the Gathering the next episode. And I'm pretty sure that was episode 12. 
or something in the tens. And here we, we are. Not done that yet. Exactly. So I was going to go and uh, talk about one of my favorite characters, um, just to kind of give you um, the general gist of why I really enjoy Magic: The Gathering. Um, I don't remember if we talked. We probably talked about it before. Uh, Magic: The Gathering, uh, the card game. It, it's made by the same people. The company's called Wizards of the Coast. They are the people that also kind of develop and write um, Dungeons and Dragons. So it's a huge story, and when you really get into the the lore and, and the history of all the different kinds of characters and what's been happening, um, it gets wild. Um, so there's there's far too much to talk about. We, we could probably dedicate like a full episode just talking about our own specific characters, but not even the whole story of what's been happening. Um, yeah. Honestly, I don't even know the stories of my characters that well. Like, the characters that I play in my decks. Yeah. I just like them because well, yeah. of the card art and because of the very brief story you can hear or, like, you can gather from just reading the flavor text on cards. Yeah. Uh, well, Liliana, actually, like, even though she's pretty evil and she's done some, like, just bad things, I don't think she's, like, necessarily, like, straight up evil. She just does bad things because it's good for her. Um, so she's more selfish in that regard. Um, but, like, she even has, like, a really cool storyline where um, she uh, got into, like, a contract with the devils. Like, just devils of whatever plane they come from. Um, and then she ended up just, just breaking that contract because it wasn't good for her. And then there was the uh, dragon god Nicobolus um, that was like, Hey, you're powerful. Work for me or I'll kill you. And she's like, Yep. You got it, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and then there was a whole arc called War of the Spark. Um, and then, because Nicobolus was just like, yeah, I want all the different Planeswalker Sparks. Because that's that's also part of it. When you, when you become a Planeswalker and you travel between worlds and between dimensions, um, it's basically your, your soul just ignites and you're, you're given powers relative to who you are. Um, and Nicobolus during the War of the Spark, I'm pretty sure he just wanted all of the different Planeswalkers because he was like, I want more power. And then Liliana was finally like, maybe not. Um, but there's like really cool card art and, and the, the flavor text for it. Like there's one that shows Liliana just like almost shredding apart um, because of the the curse or whatever uh, magic that Nicobolus had on her. Um and it was something along... Oops, I'm getting too close to the mic. Um, it was something along the lines... Let me see if I could find this quickly, actually. It shouldn't take me this long. Um, but yeah, no, there, there's just really good stories. There was a whole arc about... What was it? The Order? No. Um, the uh, Oath of the Gatewatch, where they had, like, I think they had... That was after the Eldrazi, I think? And they all been saying a lot of words. I know. That I That's like more than fair. No, 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 you're right. No you're right. I gotta knows. I gotta I gotta pull it back. I'm just excited. I really like I, all the stories and stuff, but you're right. Um It Magic has a lot a lot. A lot of lore. I've never really dug into it myself because it's it's something that like interests me when like Brendan or our other friend Tristan tells us about because they know more about it. But for me, it's like this person looks cool. Yeah. And or like a... I know like enough about their story to be like, yeah, that's neat. But I don't know like their it, whole. Yeah, the story is not the reason why you're really into it. Um, and to be fair, like the game is fun itself, and like all the characters just do look cool. 
guess I can't find it. Alright. Which card are you looking for? Uh, it's the one, it's, I can't remember, it's a, it's, it's one with Liliana on it. Um, and it's like a, it's like a counter card. I just can't, I don't know where it is. That's okay. Um, but it says something about, it's, it's something along the lines of, um, as soon as Liliana decided to go against Nicobolus, their contract dissolved. Um, but at that moment, it was worth it because she can do whatever, she was free to do what she wanted. Mm -hmm. And it just showed her, like, the picture just shows her, like, like, the magic that Nicobolus had up, uh, yeah, on her, like, threading. Yeah, my deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as Melissa was saying, um, there's far too much, and if I start saying words, it just gets nonsense. Um... Just for context, the Eldrazi are uh, uh, a type of being that basically live in maybe a fourth or fifth dimension. So when they show up into when they showed up into different worlds, um, to them the world was just sustenance, and they were like, "Yes, I need to eat and I need to exist." Uh, but obviously, um, any extensions of them were just horrific, terrifying creatures, and they just drained the worlds and the people and the magic from the planes or, or dimensions that they went to and it was just terrifying and horrifying and it was like this whole fight um, to fight against them um, but uh, yeah so for me I'm going to talk about Garuk um, Garuk is a gigantic man he uh, he is a uh, planeswalker with warrior druid abilities and he has a, a affinity for uh, like nature plant magic and um and and animals so he's really good at like taming them and, and being basically just being their friends um he's eight feet tall and weighs 480 pounds uh, but he's just pure mass like it's like it, it's uh, it, i did not know that about him yeah he's he, it's one of my favorite things he's just a big dude but he's like warrior druid so it's my it's the combination of, of like my favorite things um, so in his youth, he, he they don't really describe which plane of existence he comes from, uh, but Garuk... Oh, let me uh, also get this one thing straight. Uh, apparently, his name is pronounced Garrick, uh, and I don't... I don't... I don't know. It, it's... It just sounds weird to me. I guess I'll... I, I should pronounce it correctly. That's, that's mean of me to do. Um, <laughs> it's just weird. I don't know. I just... I don't like it, but if that's just how it is, it is. Um, so Garrick uh, lived on a farm with his father, um, his father named Racklin, and on his 10th birthday, uh, his father taught Garrick uh, his first spell, and it was very exciting and everything like that, um, but the local sheriff from like a nearby uh, town, uh, from the Faldis army, um, was coming to conscript Garrick into the army, and his father told him to run, and, and you know, like his parting words were basically... Um, yeah, uh, he warned Garrick of the evils and deceptions of people and instructed Garrick to always listen to nature. Um, so hiding out in the forest and living among nature, he, he spent seven years there um, creating these really nice bonds with these huge animals and like some of the beast creatures that are in that deck that I have. Um, they're just gigantic and, and enormous and the flavor text is always like, hey, this, this guy's really great, better than people normally. He's huge and he has all this knowledge, but he'll share, unlike unlike those filthy humans. It's just great. It's just like his whole opinion of humanity is is um, just so negative. Um, and uh, yeah, 
after seven years, he uh, sought the men who killed his father. He rampaged through the town near his home until he found the sheriff themselves. Um, after a short encounter, he was uh, Garrick was brought to the jail where his father died, and after like kind of succumbing to this grief and and this this kind of treachery that like the sheriff was going to imprison him too, um, Garrick called a giant worm like a W U R M and just destroyed the town and killed the sheriff. Um, and then from that day, so every art that shows Garrick has him wearing this like just basic metal helmet. It doesn't look good or cool. I think I think it looks just mundane. It is the helmet that the sheriff wore. And just like as a testament, it is the helmet he's had for so long. And it's so cool that that's like, um, that's his like moniker or like almost his symbol. Um, and yeah, most of the cards that he embodies, he always just bringing forth beasts. He's calling beasts from basically your deck. Um, and it, like, that's, I'm pretty sure we talked about this, but it's one of my favorite things that, um, like the story that Magic the Gathering kind of holds for each character and each kind of like plane and how the planes work and how the, the characters work and how they interact with each other. That's how their cards work and their abilities on their cards. Because uh, that's all that, that kind of happens. Um, with Garrick, he, he just, he he empowers his beasts. He allows them to come out easier. He, um, there was, there's a whole storyline that I'm just going to quickly touch on because again, I probably talked already for far too long, um, and there's just too much. And to explain one thing, I'd have to explain five things. I already talked about the Eldrazi, and I didn't do them justice. They're <laughs> nonsense nightmare monsters. Um, but yeah, through a whole bunch of other. So once you get your once you get your spark, um, your once your spark ignites, and you get like that, that planeswalker ability, you can just travel to other planes. Um, so as he's been kind of going around. Um, he, um, he actually met with Liliano, the, the one planeswalker that Melissa really likes. Uh, She's a necromancer, all these good things. Um, so Liliana killed one of his beasts and he just got really upset, as you do, uh, when you, when one of your friends die. So he tracked her down, um, and was absolutely overpowering her um she on the other hand was um looking for this artifact this very powerful artifact um and instead of claiming the artifact and like getting out of there she was gonna die so she used the artifact to curse garuk or garrick Mm -hmm. um and then there's a whole set of cards that show his corruption he he lost his touch to nature um and a lot of his abilities after that corruption kind of show that he he becomes much more aggressive with the abilities he has um he's very lost he doesn't know what to do he's constantly hunting um liliana for a time being um and you see like this blackness kind of overcome him and at a point in time he absolutely loses his mind and it's one of my favorite things so i brought up nickel bolus i brought up all these things mm-hmm. because it kind of all ties together my favorite point about uh, garrick is that after he became so corrupted he became so single-minded about hunting and he be he basically became 
uh, the, I think there's a character in Spider-Man called like the Huntsman or something. I don't know. He basically became just that. Where what's the, you know the uh, it, it, it's this weird guy. It's in Spider-Man. He's wearing like a like this deep V-neck and he's just wearing leopard print and he wants to kill Spider-Man because he's like the best prey ever. It's so stupid. That's it's, really weird. It's so funny. But in that same uh, venture, all those like um, when you have people talking about like. Just evil people in media. They're like, oh man, the the greatest hunt, the greatest creature um, to to hunt. Garrick basically was like, planeswalkers, mm-hmm. the greatest hunt. And then he just started killing them, and he got to a point where he was killing them so much that he like he was actually basically approached by Nicol Bolas, and Nicol Bolas was like. Hey man, you're killing my food? I want these powers and you're taking them away because you're deleting them from existence? And he bopped uh, Garrick to a different plane of existence. He, Garrick was not in the War of the Spark because Garrick was just killing people. Killing planeswalkers. And I think as sad as that is and as like defeating as that is, it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard about in, in terms of like, hey man, you're powerful, you're a problem though. And I can't handle this right now. Also, just for some context, Planeswalker cards are, like, pretty hard to get out. Um, You only have a few in your deck. So it's, like, when you draw one and you have enough mana to cast it, which is, like, a whole other thing. Like, that's your resource Um, in the game. Yeah. So it's, like, that's, like, a big deal. One of Garrick's cards... When he's um, fully corrupted. Yeah, one of his fully corrupted Planeswalker cards is that one of his plus one abilities, which usually is, like... You know, give a, create a token or, or draw a card yeah. or something or G- give a counter. Or give a creature like a little bit, of, a little bit of extra power. Yeah, it's like little small things. One of his plus one abilities is just destroy a planeswalker. And it's just insane. He's also the most expensive, uh, like in terms of resources, he's the most expensive Garrick to get out onto the the field uh, in the game. But yeah, as soon as you get him out, it's like, hey, do you have a planeswalker? Not anymore. Um, and Planeswalker abilities are a little bit, they're much harder to counter in the game and they're much harder to stop if they're already out. Um, uh, and there's like, again, there's a whole bunch of different mechanics to kind of talk about and I don't want to because I'm, I'm already talking about far too much. Um, but yeah, he, he did all that and, um, after he kind of regained himself, he found himself in the plane of Eldraine. Uh, I think it's Eldraine. Which is basically a fairy tale plane. Uh, you got fairies, you got knights, you got like gingerbread men, you have like the witches, you have Hansel and Gretel. Hansel and Gretel, you have uh, uh, the Little Mermaid for some reason. Um, but you have all of these things. It's it was such a fun uh, plane to kind of look through and like have all the cards come out. Um, and I don't remember exactly. Um, oh God, yeah. Uh, just scrolling through his history, um, that fully corrupted card is called um, Garuk uh, Garrick Apex Predator, and it's just it's just insane. It's my favorite thing that he was called that. Um, oh, and here, yeah, here's the full summary. Uh, during War of the Spark, while Bolas carried out his plans to harvest the spark of planeswalkers on the plane of Ravnica, he devised a way to keep uh, Garrick out of the war, thinking he would kill the planeswalkers that were meant to fuel his ascension to godhood. Um, and it's just, it's just my, the f- best thing. Um, so on Eldorain, um, Garrick uh, stalked a different planeswalker uh, called Oko. 
Um, it was like a, it was they had like this whole interaction, and uh, Garrick was eventually saved by uh, uh, by a couple knights. Uh, what was it? Will and uh, Rowan, I think. Um, and he ended up having his curse reversed. Um, and there's such a beautiful card art called um, I don't actually remember what it's called, but it's it's. Uh, like freedom of the wild speak wild speaker because his name is uh garrick wild speaker um let me see if i could find this quickly and if i cannot i do not hear um no it's it's not happening but yeah it's it's just it's just him you could see like like flecks of the uh blackness of the curse just like melt away from his body and the flavor text is simply the curse is broken. I am free. And it's just, I've never seen a card of him smile. And to just see him smile in this card art, it's just, it it makes me so happy. Um, and then, yeah, like, I, I don't, again, I don't want to have to get into details because, like, each plane that each person goes to is, like, a full episode in and of itself. Like, I could talk for hours. Um, and I've already talked for, like, far too long about this already. But, uh, yeah, he's free from his curse, and uh, there's a new card where he, uh, he kind of, like, hangs out and does other stuff. He has a new Harbinger. That was a new card. It was really cool. It's, like, this big, like, gorilla rhino thing. It's just, he's so cool. It's very exciting, and I really like Garrick. Um, I call him Garuk because I think that sounds nicer, but his name is Garrick Wildspeak. And he's the coolest planeswalker in the entire world. Um, I beg to differ, but well, that's okay. Teach their own. We'll see. What's your first thing? My first thing is a game. Well, I talked about a game. You can't have games. I can. It's a well, different type of game. I don't like it. It's called Beat Saber. I do like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh... Last year? No, two years ago we got VR. Sure. I don't remember. It doesn't no, matter. It was last year. Maybe. Last uh, Christmas. Was it? Uh, I think we had no, it for two longer. Christmases. Yeah, ago. it was two years ago. Two, no, because it wasn't like the last Christmas that just passed. Yeah. But yeah, two Christmases ago, Brennan and I bought ourselves VR. Yes. Bought each other VR. Well, yes, we we just we both went half on it, and it yeah. was great. Um, and since then. We were really into it for the first while that we had it. We played a lot of, um, what's that game called? Moss? No. no. The other one. Super Hot. Yes. Well, it's, yeah, so... We played a lot of Super Hot. We played a lot of other things. I got Skyrim VR, which was also really fun. Uh, definitely, yeah. like, a, not a waste of time, but it's like, that's not a good way to play Skyrim. It's a fun way to play Skyrim. It actually is pretty good. Really? Yeah. But to play, like... A hundred hours in Skyrim in VR is that like it's, it's, it doesn't it's hard, seem reasonable. But like the actual mechanics, move, mechanics okay. are good, and you actually have to shoot your bow, which is you really have to cool. grab an arrow and nice. shoot it. Um, so honestly, I think it's worth it. But that's my own personal opinion. Um, and also, when you have to like use a sword or use magic, like it's really scary to be like up and close to people, and then you have like magic come out of your hand. It's cool. Um, but recently, I was like, I want to get more into my v- into the VR, uh, my VR, our VR. Um, so I decided to get a new game, and that game was Beat Saber, and it was really worth it to buy this game. Um, Beat Saber is a virtual reality rhythm game. 
um, developed and published by Beat Games. The game takes place in a surrealist, neon-noir environment. That's how they're describing it? Yes. They're not wrong, but it's like... It's actually a very good description. Yeah. Um, And features the player slicing blocks representing musical beats with a pair of contrasting colored sabers. So basically you have, like, if you think about um, Star Wars lightsabers, you basically are wielding two of those. Blocks come at you sort of similar to, like, a Guitar Hero type game and you basically slice through them. I feel like there's a lot of videos and stuff. Like Beat Saber was really popular when it first came out, which was in 2019. So I guess just last year. Um but it came out in May, so since then I feel like it's been really popular and I haven't heard as much about it since. But um I feel like if you've seen a video of people playing it, um you can definitely go Or if you've seen people playing Guitar Hero, like, there's so much ranges of skill and ability in this game. Yeah. Because if you see someone play, like, an easy song, it's like, oh, that's, like, cool that they did that. But then you see someone play, like, the really difficult modes, and it's like, wow, how can you move your arms like that? Yeah. Because in Beat Saber, you're literally just whipping your arms around to hit these notes as they come. And they all have directional arrows, so you have to, like, hit them specific ways. Um, And each hand holds a different colored saber, so you're hitting them, um, and you have to, like, match the color to the block and also the direction. And sometimes it really messes you up because it'll put, like, the lightsaber color that you're holding in your left hand, a block of that color will show up on the right-hand side. And so then it's really, like, also a confusing mental thing as well um but i've really been enjoying it i feel like it's decent cardio but also makes you feel really really cool when you play it um because you're just slicing these blocks with a lightsaber um on the other hand yes i was going yes when i was first playing it I thought, wow, I must look so cool as I play this game because I feel like the coolest person alive. And I was like, Brendan, how cool do I look? And he was like, you look pretty cool. I was he, more neutral about that. You said I looked cool. All right. You said I looked cool. You're like, you look cool. And then I was like, okay, Brendan, your turn to try the game. And he didn't try it the first day. He tried it like the second day we got it. And he was like, wow, this is fun. And I was like, oh, let me watch you play it. And I was like, you do not look cool at all. I'm sorry to say. And then it made me realize that um, the hard Brendan truth. lied to me. And <sighs> I did not look cool when I was playing it either. The reason you don't look cool is because you're just whipping your arms around, as I said. And also because of the perspective. When you watch a person play this game on the TV... It, like, doesn't even look like they're hitting the things properly because of the way that the, like, the lightsabers look. Um, so you just watch their combo and you're like, wow, you haven't missed a single one. But it doesn't look as impressive on the screen as, um, it does to the person who's actually playing. Um, so yeah, you don't. Yeah, well, it's because the, there's a, what is it? What is the word? Uh, there's, like, a time delay on the TV versus what you see in the VR headset. Um, so it's like that half second. So yeah, it always looks like you're missing everything that you've hit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, the game includes several um, 
songs with five levels of difficulty starting from easy up to expert plus there's expert plus yes what does that mean i don't know i've played expert songs somewhat successfully um i don't know what expert plus is one of our friends recently got it as well and they were saying that like there's a um, ability that you can when you do like freestyle play you can change the speed so you, the song goes from like 100% speed, like the normal speed, but you can put it up to 200%. Why? I don't know. Because fun. <laughs> um, so then I assume that's just ridiculous trying to hit all those notes. Mm. Um, but I'm sure people on the internet have done it, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really fun. But also some of the games, because there's also like a story mode type thing where you have to do ch- certain challenges. Um, and the challenges are actually a lot more complex than I thought they would be when I initially got the game. Um, because they range from, like, you can only miss a certain amount of notes or you can only do a certain amount of bad cuts. And a bad cut is anything where you hit um, a block with the wrong lightsaber the wrong like colored lightsaber or if you hit it in the wrong direction um but there's also some challenges where you can only move your arms a certain amount so it's like max you can move your arms is 200 meters so these blocks are flying at you and you have to hit them but you also have to like really conserve how you use your arm energy it's so wild Um, it's such a difficult thing to like think about because you all if you thought you looked stupid beforehand you absolutely look stupid when your hands are moving centimeters only yeah yeah um and yeah and then there's also like you have to use there's like max hand movements you have to move your arms like 900 meters in one song um so then in between notes you have to like rapidly move your arms around so you can get in those like (laughs) those oops sorry um get in those meters um but then there's also ones that are like one i recently did was like you have to get a combo of 28 notes in a row but you can't go over 30 notes yeah so it's like every time you have to really watch your combos and make sure that like you basically have to miss like you have to strategize when you miss because like if you miss like six or seven you die immediately Mm -hmm. and it's just rough yeah Uh, i think one of my favorite things about that though is uh sorry about the game because I didn't know it. We just didn't explore. You can download other songs. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like. I don't even know what the roster is. Um, but um, our one friend, they also got VR. Uh, because there was Iron Man VR. And he was telling us that, um, you know, in Iron Man, you actually used your hands as propulsors as you normally do. So when he flew into the air for the first time, his knees buckled because he looked down. Um, so the Iron Man VR, also a great game. Uh, but he was saying that he downloaded, um, I think he downloaded, like, Green Day songs or something yeah. like that. Um, and it's just, I'm very curious to know what songs are there. Yeah, you can definitely get more songs off the PlayStation Store. Um, most of the songs that are actually in the game are sort of, like, electronic dance mixes. Um, to be I, fair, my, my favorite one is the Beat Saber song. Yeah. Like. It's it's so it seems so like cheesy because like the the lyrics are like um, just like I've got the power to hit the the red and blue 
boxes, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but like, the song the is song, cool. The song slaps, absolutely. The song is up there. It's all the words that, you know, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Um, so the game has gotten a lot of, like, also a lot of positive reviews, as I said. I feel like when it first came out, it was really popular. Um, I saw a lot of videos circulating of people playing it on, like, talk shows or, like, people... Oh, really? Yeah. I, like, I didn't know it was, like, it got so much, uh, thing. Yeah, it was, like, really popular. Um, and it also was one of the highest rated games on Steam, um, less than a week after it Dang. released. Um... And the game sold over a million copies by March 2019. Ooh, that's a pretty good. Which for I a thought VR it game. came out in May, so I guess. Well, who knows? I guess that's a, a fact. Um, yeah, and I feel like the game itself. Um, the one thing about VR games, like when Brendan was questioning Skyrim as a VR game, the problem with VR games is that. The graphics are never as good as like a regular game because you have to fit it onto like the headset and um again the like actual maneuverability and the gameplay of it so beat saber is such like a perfect vr game it's very simple but the graphics are good because of the simplicity um you feel really immersed into the world and it like is really responsive to the controller movements and i feel like for those reasons it's like a really good vr experience um very fun very exhilarating and also it has like the fun feature where like um not only do you have to hit the boxes but also there's like um, barriers and stuff that you have to manipulate by, like, Yeah, you, ha- you have to, like, duck. There's a lot of squatting in this game that I did not expect. Because mm-hmm. um, if you hit those barriers, you, like, lose your combo. You also lose some of your, like, life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. looking up some of the songs, there's a lot of... There's, like, a, a wild amount of Green Day and, um... What Imagine is that? Dragons. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that on the PlayStation Store. I don't know why. I don't. I, I. I only know Imagine Dragon songs that I've been forced to listen to because of ads. So I don't know if I'm gonna enjoy that. Yeah, I would be down to play the Green Day ones, but you wanna you wanna play Boulevard of Broken Dreams? Yeah. That seems so. I get. Uh... I like I, for for Beat Saber. I want something that's like fast and hard hitting. You can not... put the speed up, Brennan. Yeah, but not to the... <laughs> Broken Dreams times two speed. Now we're talking. Um... There's also the Panic of the Disco songs. I really ex- I hope they do some more like um, official songs uh, because I know if you have like Beat Saber for the v- uh, for like the computer, you can just download custom songs because people could just do that. Yeah, um, people make them on programs. That's gonna yeah. Be that, yeah. Um, and one of my favorite things, I was listening to uh, the Wonderful Podcast recently, and they were actually talking about, um, uh, Griffin was actually talking about Beat Saber, but he was saying that, like, um, he was getting super into it, and he was, like, really likes it, but he also got, like, Toxic by Britney Spears, and, like, it was actually really hard to complete, and he was describing, like, no, I want to do this, this is a great song, I want to finish it, and he, like, it took him, like, like, a full hour to actually, like, figure it out, or, like, half an hour or something. But um, yeah, just I, I'm very I'm very jealous because we don't we have like every console. We don't have a PC. Well, that's not a console. No, but oh I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, as a yeah, as a as a counter. Yeah. So like, we have every console. We're gonna get the PlayStation Five because there's two of us. We might have to get two PlayStation Fives. Who knows how that's gonna work? I also need the Xbox Series X or whatever the nonsense they're gonna call it. Like, it's a very. If we also had a PC, um, we wouldn't be able to live in our apartment. And our apartment rent is very cheap relative to what I've heard other people pay. Yeah, but um, it's small. It's, yeah, it's a one bedroom. It's not meant for two people. But there's no way we can do a PC. So we have to, if we have to give, I guess we're not giving on our collectibles or all the comics we own. I guess we're not giving on video games because that's just who we are. We have to give on the PC. Or we just go to your brother, because your brother has VR. Yeah. yeah, my brother has... Um, Does your brother have Beat Saber? No. Tell him to get it. He doesn't. Why not? I don't know. I'll tell him to get it. Tell him to get it. Yeah. He has a lot of other really fun games. Yeah, yeah he does. Like Pistol Whip. Very fun game. Is that, the, is that the one where you just smack people with the pistol? I can't remember. No, you have to, like... There's all of these, um, like people that are made like out of this like glass substance and you have to like hit them with like oh on beat right and the more on beat you are as you shoot it the better um score you get it's fun what's your next thing my next thing is also a game wow i know very original hey it was my thing first so, who's the copycat? I'm copying myself. You're copying me. No. No? No. You weren't talking about a game. You were talking about a narrative. In a game? <laughs> uh, my second thing is Splatoon. And if you, uh, if you know about that game, it's a game for the Nintendo Switch. Um, it is uh, Nintendo's like first real foray into online multiplayer foray that's a word it, it's a good word it's an appropriate word right <laughs> <laughs> yes it is um so splatoon first came out on the the wii u um and the wii u was a wild time really um it was it was a good console it just it really it should have went from the it should have been the wii u instead of the wii and then it should have went straight to the, the switch it shouldn't have been Wii, Wii U, and then Switch. Like, they should have just, I don't know, waited the extra year. I don't know. There's something about the Wii U. It wasn't... <coughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, Splatoon first came out uh, in uh, 2015 of May. It was for the Wii U. I got it as well. It was super fun. Um, it's just... So, you... It's a third-party... Uh, sorry, third-party. Third-person shooter where you are a squid girl or a boy. And... Um, or a person. Yeah, you're a squid person, squid squidling, yeah, an inkling. I think actually, it doesn't matter. Um, and uh, you you shoot paint, and for the most part, the games are capture the hill. Well, no, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you would describe it. Um, you, it's a what is the word? You're basically trying to claim territory with um, your paint. So you're you. The whole point of the game is that out of the gate, there's two teams um, on uh, when you're playing each map, um, and you start at like one corner of each map, and, and you just spray the map with the paint uh, that's associated with your color, uh, and then as soon as you face off against the other team, you 
obviously want to shoot each other, but by the end of the game, the the game the matches are timed, and you want to cover as much ground as possible with your uh, paint. These games, they're so much fun because you can have people that are focusing on just killing the or, or like exploding the other uh, teammates, or sorry, the other team. Um, and you can have people that are focusing on just like sneakily trying to cover the whole map. Uh, and then you have all these different kinds of weapons, you have different power-ups. Uh, Splatoon 2 came out uh, a couple years ago. Um, 2017 came out on the Switch, and that was really where it hit its stride. Um, I don't think I've ever played Splatoon. Really? I've watched you play it a bunch, but I don't think I've ever actually played it. Well, the problem I have with online multiplayer games is that if if there's no substance other than the like online, I it's really hard for me to stick to it. Like Overwatch, I played Overwatch a bunch, and I love that game, and I love all the characters almost, except for Roadhog. He's cheap, and you're not good if you use him. Um, <laughs> he's just too overpowered, and his reach is too long. And he I kills know. Him. I know, okay. But still, people can use him if they want. Yeah, I'm not saying they can't. Said that they're bad if they use it. Yes, that is what. <laughs> well, I don't think you should say that. I know, mean. I know, I know. Um, I think you can use Roadhog if you want. That's the Melissa guarantee. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the problem is, is that like, even though the games are really fun, I don't care to, like, have my own progression. I don't care to like level up as a rank. Yeah. And that's the issue with these games. So like, I've had so much fun playing Splatoon. But that's it. And then I've, I, I will keep Splatoon 2 forever because even though they stopped doing like major events for Splatoon, the game is still valid. It still has DLC that I need to go buy and play because the deal, like um, the single player stuff has always been like puzzles, essentially, where you just have to figure out how to get from one end of the map to the other. And there's just like obstacles in the way and it's really fun. Um, but yeah, so the other uh, mecha- game mechanic for the game is that when you have your uh, color of paint down on the walls or the floor, um, your inkling can turn into a squid uh, and then just swim through it. So you can move faster, you can move quietly, so you like you can stealth around and stuff like that. Um, you can jump through stuff, and yeah, it, it's it's like the best thing to have these small little strategies where you like have a small patch of your own color ink, uh, and then somebody comes up to try to cover it, and you just like come out, and you're like ah surprise, um, and then. Yeah, there's all sorts of different um, uh, weapons, which are really great. You have your traditional, uh, uh, like, water gun that just sprays ink. You have a giant paint roller, which is really great. Uh, You have, like, a paintbrush that kind of shoots out. Like, you have to, like, flick paint off of it, so you get, like, like a small shotgun effect. Um, You have grenades. You have, uh, like different kinds of grenades so you have like an exploding grenade or you have like um what is that thing called uh a water sprinkler but it just shoots out paint so you put it somewhere and you just hope that somebody like runs into it um there are snipers which is wild uh there's like bazookas uh and it's it's just it's just a fun it's just a fun game and like the um to my knowledge like the community of Splatoon has always been fun um, I haven't been on in a while but like especially when like it's been my favorite thing 
um, in like the main hub of Splatoon, um, you get like you can like leave little messages and like your characters, other people's characters will just be in the town and just like hanging out and stuff. But they'll have like a speech bubble of like if they want to say something. Um, but especially when like the Black Lives Matter movement was happening and like anything that was like is happening. Sorry, you're right. When it first started, because I don't know if it's still happening in Splatoon, and that's that was what the past tense was. Um, um, because yes, it is very much still happening. Please look at the news; it's very bad. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of people would go for any kind of cause that was like of real importance. They would still like post things on there because like if they were being stifled or if they didn't have, it's such a small thing. But it's such a it, it was such a nice way to show like community support that like everybody was like yes this is important and even though this is a child's game where you don't even have um, proper voice chat because this is specifically a child's online multiplayer game this still matters and it was it was just like a great little thing uh, but the game itself is super fun and then like all the characters are wacky and like wild um, there there's like a, a shrimp. That just sells you food. Uh, there's like a, I think there was like a sea urchin. There's a I think there's like a person that's basically a sea anemone that has like a little fish floating in their head, but it's the fish that's yelling at you, and the person's just kind of like zoning out. Um, and like yeah, you you basically oh so the the whole other part of the game too is that you want to be fashionable, and that's like the whole like the whole point in game lore basically uh, to be good is that you're super fashionable. Really? Yes. I didn't know that was a part of it at uh, all. Well, it, and it just translates to how, like the different kind of clothes that you wear just give you like different buffs. Uh, but you just want to look good and, and be good, and that's the whole thing. And then there's usually, uh, in the first game, there was uh, Callie and Marie. Calamari? It's pretty funny. It's <laughs> really funny. Um, and in the second game, I don't remember who the, the characters were, actually. Um. Oh no, it was Callie and Marie, and then one looked like a goblin, and one was just a really cool black girl. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, but they're they're so Callie and Marie were like cheerleaders essentially. They were they were the hosts of the Splatoon world essentially. Um, and they always had like a weird catchphrase. Um. Uh, oh, so the second one was oh Jesus Christ, uh, Pearl and uh, Marina. So other, you know, sea stuff. Uh, but yeah, they're 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 like disc jockeys or or like kind of media personalities, and it was really wild. Um, anyways, they're just really, like the whole game is cute. It's everything's adorable. Nothing like matters even when like they even describe like yeah when you get exploded by uh like the other person's ink you just go away like you just go and dry off and stuff it's fine, it's fine. like no there's no death there's it's just like you got got we're all having a fun game and there's just they, like they made this weird lore about it too in the first game there was like a, there all these different secrets you can get and it just described that like yeah people like regular people kind of just like died out i guess and and uh octolings just like uh, evolved and turned into people but they could also still turn into squids it was a whole thing it was it was wild but yeah no splatoon splatoon is a really fun game and i highly recommend it um 
if you're super into competitive games, it is a really great competitive game to kind of to kind of hone your skills to. Um, but even if you're not really into it, like you can still have a really good time playing it. Um, it is a first-party Nintendo game though, so I don't like it'll never go down in price. So just be comfortable paying eighty dollars for it if you're in Canada plus tax, or seventy if you're in America. But yeah, that's my second thing. What's your second thing? Um, my second thing is well, I'll preface my second thing with a little tiny story that's not really a good story. It's just it's just a fact. Um, like good as in like it's not fun to hear. It's boring. It just makes you sad. No, it's just it's just a. It's just it's it's, it's words coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so recently, Netflix put a bunch of Studio Ghibli movies on Netflix, which is a bad sentence. Um, I had previously only seen a small number of Studio Ghibli films, but have enjoyed them immensely. Um, so the other day, Brendan and I watched four Studio Ghibli movies. Like um, all of in a row and it was a great day yes um and i'm going to talk about one of those which became my new favorite studio ghibli movie nausicaa the valley of the wind yes um i had never seen this before and hadn't really heard much about it to be honest um but Brennan was like we should watch that because it's really good and i was like okay great and then i was like oh it's, it's just a beautifully animated movie, and the story is amazing. Um, so, the movie um, takes place in a future post-apocalyptic world, and tells the story of Nausicaa, the young princess of the Valley of the Wind. Um, she becomes embroiled in a struggle with Tomekia, a kingdom that tries to use an ancient weapon to eradicate a jungle full of mutant giant insects. Yeah. Which is a very, very good just summary of what happened. <laughs> really, yeah, that's that is the story. Um, a thing I didn't know is that so the movie was released in Japan on March 11th, 1984. Which 84? Yeah. I knew it was in the 80s. I thought it was late 80s. Jesus. Yeah, 1984. Um, I didn't know that a heavily edited adaption of the film created by Manson International, Warriors of the Wind, was released in the United States after. What does that mean? I don't know, I guess they just really edited it. I don't know. That sucked. I thought... And eventually, that was replaced in circulation by an uncut, redubbed version produced by Walt Disney Pictures in 2005. So that was the one that we watched is the 2005 one. Um, Though it was made before Studio Ghibli was founded, it is often considered a Ghibli work. Um, and is often released as a part of these, or was released as a part of the Studio Ghibli collection DVDs and Blu-ray range. Yeah, because um, it was made by uh, the same director, uh, Hay- Haya- Hayao. Yeah, Hayao Miyazaki. Thank you. Um, the film received critical acclaim, praising the story, themes, characters, and animation, and is frequently ranked as one of the greatest animated films ever made. Yes, I will absolutely. Which I didn't know that. But yes, it is yes. a really good movie. Um, some people in the Disney animated version, the dubbing English version, include Patrick Stewart, Shia LaBeouf, and Uma Thurman. Just a fun fact. That's Uma Thurman. Yeah, she's Kushana. Yeah, of the to- of the Tomiki. Oh, she's so cool. Yeah, yeah, she's really cool. Um. I always love looking at the dubbed Studio Ghibli movies because they always have like a wild yeah. voice actor cast. Um, Mark Hamill's also in it too. Who? 
He's the um, mayor of Pajit. Oh, for, just for that small section? Yeah. Jesus, it's so good. I love, I love what, like, there's, I will defend movies that like, hey, you should just listen or watch the original dubbing, especially for live action movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, the Walt Disney dubbings for all of these movies have always been like A plus and yeah. I've never the hated acting, them. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, the movie is just so beautiful and everything about it is like such a lovely tale of this girl who just um nausicaa who is able to sort of communicate with these insects that have taken over the sort of toxic jungle where humans can no longer live because it kills them and so they've been moved into smaller and smaller areas where they are able to survive otherwise they have to wear like big suits and stuff Um, Um, the other thing too is that from what the movie kind of shows it seems like the areas are very removed from like a lot of vegetation like they have to like they don't have a lot of like well, it's a jungle no, no no like the the the, the areas that um, the people live. the people yeah. yeah they're far removed from like nature except for like the valley of the wind which yeah. is shown yeah yeah the valley of the wind is special because of the fact that it's kind of near the coast and the wind patterns there allow the toxins to not enter because it's just pushed out mm-hmm. um and Nausicaa is just able to sort of communicate um, with the giant insects in order to avoid fighting because, as it is extremely clear, fighting the insects or fighting other humans around the insects only works to infuriate them and make the situation worse. Whereas if you decide to just live in peace aside the insects and only take what you need and let them live with what they need, then everything is fine. Um, But of course the film has themes of like human ambition and human fear, which drives them to seek more to create this giant weapon because they want to just eradicate the entire toxic jungle. Um, But if, as Nausicaa said, they just live with what they have, everyone would be fine and it wouldn't cause any problems. Um, But these giant insects called ohms are horrifying. Um, There is like a flashback in the movie that's just like, yeah, these ohms just destroyed all humanity and it's like you can't fight against that it's like already foretold in history um so i think it has like a lot of really good themes that relate to current um issues as well um especially environmental things um speaking of themes yep um Nazca, the Valley of the Wind, was inspired by a range of works, including Ursula K. Le Guin's Earthsea, which um, Earthsea is also Tales from Earthsea. Yeah, okay. Another Studio Ghibli movie. Um, Brian Aldiss's Hothouse, Isaac Asimov's Nightfall, and J.R.L. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Dang. Are some of the influences. Um, well, sorry, I thought you were going to go on about how um, the World Wildlife Federation absolutely backed well, this. I, that's later. But yes, that is a sorry. good point. I thought it was um, connected. I, I thought it was doing a good thing. It is. It is connected. Um, I, I thought it was also really interesting that Miyazaki's imagination was sparked by the mercury poisoning of Minamata Bay. Um, 
because nature responded and thrived in a poison environment um, using it to create and he used that to create the polluted world depicted in the movie because even though this bay was heavily polluted in like the 50s and 60s I think um, people like the fish still survived yeah. and were able to thrive but then people if they ate the fish they, they got really sick yeah. Um, so yeah it's like that's a really interesting like real life example of how the world was um, influenced because again this toxic jungle although toxic to humans animals were able and these insects are able to thrive and become ginormous which really reminds me of like the sort of prehistoric um insects and things where it's like before um like insects had to like evolve to become smaller because that was a way for them to survive easier because there wasn't as much resources as more things came onto the planet and whatever yeah um it reminds me of that it's like when they have their own area that humans can't go to it's like they evolve into these giant things again because it's like this is a bounty for us insects yeah. there's nothing stopping us yeah um so i thought that was a really cool um thing the most prominent themes in the movie are anti-war and um, environmental focus of the film, which I already said. Um, Nausicaa believes in the value of life, regardless of its forms, and through her action actually stops a war. Which uh, is sort of a spoiler, but not really. Yeah, because um, stopping... it's Yeah, you'll you just have to watch. Yeah, there's a lot of really amazing parts that I won't talk about, but um, it's, it's good. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Um, and again, it's sort of um, like this fear is what I talked about is like what drives the conflicts. Um, the fear of the poison forest results in the greed and resentment. <laughs> oh, I have to stop. Um, That's okay. We'll figure we'll, we'll I'll cut it. But yeah. And yeah, the World Wildlife Foundation did... Um, do a recommendation for the film yeah it, it, the... it, it's like big up in the beginning of it which is really great yeah um we talked for too much um i might have to cut some stuff out but we'll see uh thanks for listening yeah. thanks for listening to me ramble on and you know uh thanks matt campbell okay thanks everybody thanks bye, bye.